you are listening to the Moody Girl podcast with me, Emily Fazer. I'll be opening the minds of experts, enthusiasts, and storytellers, discovering their secrets on health and how to make the most out of life. Hey guys, I just wanted to talk to you today about how I'm currently upping my water intake at the moment, as I found it so easy to forget to drink enough water when I'm out and about and I'm rushing around. So I was speaking to my friend and she told me to get a good water bottle and recommended the Camelback ED+. I've noticed since I got mine, I find it really easy to get my daily recommended water amount. I've tried other water bottles in the past, but for some reason the Camelback just makes water go down so much easier. It's something to do with the nozzle. It's some kind of magic, I'm honestly not sure, but it's great. If you're looking to up your water intake, you should follow the link in the show notes of this episode and get yours now. Okay. Let's get to the episode. Today I'm speaking with a good friend of mine, Evan Jones. Evan has 10 years of experience in personal training and has helped hundreds of people achieve a better quality of life, specialising in mobility, injury rehab and pre and postnatal exercise. The thing I really love about Evan's work is he treats everyone as an individual and avoids the one-size-fits-all approach. Ivan understands the unique difference in the way everyone wants and needs to approach their goals. I'm really, really looking forward to sharing Ivan's knowledge with you all today. Let's get to the episode. Okay, so Moody Girl listeners, today I actually have one of my closest and dear male friends, Ivan Jones, on the show today. Um... And actually, we were just having an open discussion, as friends do, about the people that I'd got on the podcast. And quite crucially, Ivan mentioned the fact that without us looking after our physical health, you know, we can have all of these alternative therapies, but we need to have the basics in place. So that was a really amazing conversation that we had that day, one Sunday in the small town yeah. that we both grew up near. Um, so yeah, so that's why I wanted to get you on the show to talk about that more. Um, so welcome, Ivan. How are you today? <laughs> hey, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Bit hot, but good. <laughs> um, so you may see... In both of our backgrounds, both of us are not in England at the moment. We are in Europe, living our best lives. Um, so if we start sweating or drinking water profusely, then that's why. <laughs> so let's let's start with. So for for the audience who haven't met you before, um, tell tell us a little bit more about your story. How did you get into the work that you're doing now? I know you've had quite a colourful background um, and we'd love to kind of hear that. Cool, yeah. Um, how early do you want to go? I <laughs> I was a very reckless, maniacal little kid, diagnosed with ADHD at four, uh, super high energy output all the time. Um, found school very difficult basically unless I found something I could really focus on I was terrible at it because I didn't invest in it and I couldn't um, fast forward to like 15 uh, and started playing drums or a bit earlier than that and that not only was an energy outlet it was something I was fascinated by. I beat the crap out of a drum kit for 6-7 hours a day for a lot of years um, and then was in bands and stuff and that was very much an output but all the way through that I played sports at school that was always it would it never grabbed me fascination but I liked being active and I always found when I drained some energy that I was a better person mm. um in all in all walks um 
And then at 20, um, I decided I wanted to to learn to be a PT. And I don't didn't really know why I wanted to learn to be a PT, but I think because I wanted to further my knowledge for my own exercise, um, totally selfish. And uh, But then in doing it, I became completely obsessed with it i mm. it it i you know you go down the go down the the rabbit hole of how different people behave and how different bodies behave and how people need different coaching methods and i became really obsessed with it and then basically since 20 so 13 years almost um i've done a course or something every year i'm constantly reading about it and the obsession hasn't hasn't gone away um mm. and actually the more people you train the more infatuated you become by the differences in people um yeah so that's kind of how i got into into pting um and it's kind of now hobby as well as as well as work which is a really nice place to be i mean i'd be lying if there weren't said there weren't areas of the work that i didn't love as much as the others but in all it's a you know sorry the wind's picking up um in all it's um yeah it's I'm, I'm i'm doing a job that i really enjoy and as someone with still with pretty severe adhd not medicated anymore but um that's super important and i feel very lucky to have that because i've got you know childhood friends that have never found that and find mm. that's a that's a constant battle and the reality is most people don't ever find that yeah. especially adhd kids yeah totally i think that's something that I've struggled with myself and you can see kind of recurring patterns throughout each of our lives if we look at it and you think huh that's probably because we didn't find the thing that kind of makes us tick and I think it's really yeah, amazing yeah, yeah. that at 20 you know you had that you had that focus which for somebody with severe ADHD was an amazing lifeline for you and I think that's really cool that you found it totally, totally. Um, so what I really love about your work um, is because you know we're all consumers. We consume TikTok, we consume Instagram, we consume all of these YouTube videos on PTs, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But I, I'd never had a PT until I started working with you. And it was very unique in your approach because it was so personal. Um, You know, we had a really long conversation over the phone. It wasn't based on image. It was based on, you know, actually feeling and being the most healthiest versions of ourselves. And I thought that was a really, you kind of, without realizing it, I think that I had been, I guess, um, I can't think of the word, but in a way, like I, I've been conditioned to talking about the physical side of my appearance. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was nice when you kind of pulled me up on that. You're like, okay, great. You know, if you want a bigger bum, fine. But like, actually, how do you feel every day? Like, are yeah. there any twinges? What can we do? You know? Um, and so I think your approach is really unique um, and you're super knowledgeable. And that's probably because you're doing so much studying and continuing to study every year, which I think is really cool. Um so, I mean, what do you think are the benefits for anyone out there who hasn't worked with a PT before, they haven't really seen themselves in a, as an especially sporty person, but they do want to start looking after themselves a little bit better. What do you think are the main benefits of working with a PT? Um, main benefits of working with a PT? I mean, I think it's... You, uh, there's the re. I mean, you bringing up TikTok and and Instagram and things like that. You're you're pushed with 
predominantly, not everyone, people's ideals. And typically people's ideals are what worked for them. Mm. And what worked for them isn't what's going to work for everyone else. And you get lots of people that are phenomenal at using social media and they push their message. And because they're phenomenal at using social media, you look at how many followers, you trust them. And I think, I think getting a PT shouldn't be based on what someone else looks like you know look at old like boxing coaches in old movies and they're mm-hmm. tiny little fat things that are like like it's about your knowledge it's not about yes there's an element of of practice what you preach of course but um i think we modern media has made us trust the wrong things mm. um so i think getting a pt just learning getting a deeper understanding of what exercise does for you what it does globally to the avatar that is a human but also what it can do for you what are areas of your life you know your sleep your stress levels are your relationships is your daily movement not enough is your nutrition not not on point if you have all those conversations you can build kind of a better global health um within yourself and then a pt is going to you know you can buy a program online or you can download a free program online um which is made for insert human right but Mm how many of those exist yes yeah, some most you know a handful of people are going to get good results following a blanket program but most people could take that blanket program have a conversation with a pt not even work with them forever but have a conversation with a pt look at some movement do a session and learn how to do that program for them mm-hmm. and i think i think finding out where you know issues might be in your body um finding out where barriers might be in terms of getting to the gym you know have you got a one year old kid and actually in reality, you need to train 10, 15 minutes every day rather than these like Monday, Wednesday, Friday approaches that so many people have. There are so many hurdles for so many people. The reason, you know, I've never had a PT is because I didn't have those barriers. For whatever reason, I jumped in, I obsessed over it, I learned everything I needed to learn. Because the reality is anything I know, anything any PT knows is Googleable, hmm. but you don't know how to Google it. Mm-hmm. So like any profession, like how many times have you been in a doctor's surgery and they're on Google? Like, like, I think, I think it's people, you know, that follow, I see people in the gym that have saved videos on their Instagram and they're just doing this movement, this movement, this movement, which is, I don't know, it's like watching dentistry on YouTube and then trying to do your own teeth. Like, <laughs> so it's, true. it's still your body, right? And yeah. because of the way media has turned, turned kind of physical exercise and the reality is, you know, it's not as far as that. The reality is you can move and better your health. Um, but the majority of people without PTs don't make progress. Mm. Um, so many people, so many people spend years in the gym and don't make any progress. They've, they've done the hard bit. They've got the motivation to go to the gym and they're doing that. And yeah, they're moving, which is great for lots and lots and lots of things, but they're not making any progress because they go and do the exact same thing every time or, you know, they, they, they're not, there's not enough intensity or blah, 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 blah. We can get into that if you like, but yeah, I think... I think just even if you just had one chat, sit down, maybe a bit of movement with a PT, one hour, you could probably go and do 50% better in, in the gym in your own time. It's mm-hmm. just gaining gaining some understanding about your body and how you move and what your barriers are and the best way to train for you. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And I think another thing that I learned from working with you and what I really liked about that is yes, it's an investment to start with, but like anything, therapy, it's an investment. Um, You know, working with alternative health therapies or therapists, that's an investment too. But the ultimate goal is 
that you are going to feel better enough to be able to take those skills with you moving forward. So for instance, you taught me the basic fundamental skills and routines that I can do in the gym um, that I can now take with me moving forward. Will you probably pick me up on some of those and my and my movements now? Absolutely. But at least I've got like a general um, understanding of it, whereas before I didn't have those skills and that core kind of understanding and confidence to go into the gym. I mean, before I worked with you, I would have never dreamed of going up to a squat rack do you know what I mean yeah yeah, like, yeah. that is not for me like I'm I'm not going to get bulky and I yeah I mean get... that media I, I can't <laughs> believe that there are still people you know yourself included and I think from where I'm standing you don't get it but that's because I'm standing where I'm standing but yeah there are still so many people women that think that women and men should train differently which is madness like mm. like squat racks are for men bench presses for men blah 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 and it's just like or like low rep you know doing three really heavy reps is something that blokes do and it's like no there is absolutely no difference in the way we should train barring mm. which i think we'll talk about barring you know when you're at certain points in your cycle um but the actual the movements and the rate of progression and the periodization and the you know, sets, reps, rests, etc. But, you know, people, you know, women typically want a bum and men typically want biceps or whatever it might be. And then it changes. But in terms of health, sack off all of those, you know, those momentary changes, you know, it was all about the skinny as possible when we were in our mm, teens. Mm-hmm. Now it's like bums, shoulders, and it's always going to change. Just build a body that's healthy. Um, yeah. But if you have those goals, then yeah, you need to make little changes. But that doesn't differ from man to woman in any way. Mm-hmm. Women don't need stronger bums than men. Um, and I think there's a lot of, yeah, and that, that creates a, along again with social media, um, creates a lot of barriers for people, you know, they think getting into the gym is mad and they'll go and do a yoga class or go and do a hit class, which Mm. we'll get into, but, um, but aren't as just, you know, they're great things, but they're not as beneficial as strength training and shouldn't make up the majority of your, of your time exercising, moving, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah yeah I think I think just yeah get developing developing that understanding for you and having that confidence to get in a squat rack is going to set you up for you know depending on who you are three months maybe a year and then mm-hmm. go and have another conversation how do I how do I turn things on and that's not the ideal you know we're talking there's there's financial points of entry right if you've got no money go and spend an hour googling and you can probably build yourself a half decent program and if you've got zero to 50 quid there are thousands of pts that are building you know personalized programs that aren't really they're just they fit your avatar best you say i want this 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 and they go oh they can have this one um and then you know from 50 to 100 you can get an actually personalized you know per month i'm talking an actually personalized program Mm. um and you know it's it's depending on your financial position but it gets easier less work for you but if you've got no money you can still just investigate and ask people questions yeah like talk to people if you've got a friend or a friend of a friend that's a pt i'm sure they'll have a 10 minute chat with you and you'll learn quite a lot yeah totally um so on the kind of subject of classes in gyms especially i know cardio and hit cl- uh, classes i know uh, we've spoken about a lot um i used to spend a lot of time doing like hit classes um first thing in the morning before going to work 
and you and we kind of had this discussion about it and you opened my eyes completely to it so for any of the audience who are completely thrashing themselves by doing here and thinking this is you know gonna I don't know get them to their optimum health what do you have to say about that uh so much um (laughs) so much uh let's start with like the the overall reasoning right people want to get in shape predominantly that's why people go and exercise because they want to get in shape um doing loads of super high intensity work is going to get you in shape quicker but you're going to be in a much worse off position doing it with strength training it's going to be a bit slower but you're going to be a lot better off how i mean you go you you go you go to hit classes let's be more direct you go to hit classes spin classes whatever it might be you're sending a signal to move light loads for high reps right you're you're doing loads of burpees you're doing mountain climbers you're doing you know a minute of a solid exercise as fast as you can all the only adaptation signal that's sending your body is to get more efficient at those things and those things do not require strength they require endurance and to make a mountain climb or a burpee easier the best way to make that movement easier for your body is to get lighter like a pound of muscle this big a pound of fat this big your body's going to go okay let's strip down muscle cost too much you have to feed muscle the calories it's not worth it let's pare down that muscle and get lighter how many times you've been in a spin class and you've seen this geezer that's been going for 10 years and is still overweight and they do this they yo-yo so every day you go to a hit class every day you run you send that signal to get lighter so in order to stay losing weight because you've got rid of some muscle in order to stay losing weight you have to eat less because your metabolism is going to slow down for every less bit of muscle you have if you're high muscle low fat you have to eat more and more and more like i'm not that big personally and i eat 4000 calories a day to stay the same weight whereas someone who's going to hit classes they're down to 1000 calories and they're in a pickle wow. so so not only that your cortisol spiking cortisol isn't necessarily the worst thing you know it's going to teach you how to deal with high stress situations in life you know ice baths the like but pumping your body full of it for 45 minutes and the layover for however many hours for the rest of the day and feeling beat up high injury risk being in pain the next day these are not good markers of a good work markers of a good workout um you're so it's metabolic rate. If you have more muscle, you've got higher metabolism, basically. You've also got your genetic metabolism. If you have less muscle, slower. Therefore, you need to eat more, you need to eat less. So the game with losing weight through cardio, which people do very successfully, they hammer themselves for three months. They're in a worse place than they started. As soon as they stop the cardio, they pile on weight because mm. suddenly that expenditure from that hour a day is gone. And you and you, the amount of people I know, you probably know, that have lost weight through cardio and swear by it, because it worked and they're overweight and you're going did it work Mm. right it worked for you for a bit but it didn't you you fell back in because it's not sustainable so with strength training it's you're building muscle which is expensive tissue that you have to feed we're thrown processed foods all the time we're in a world where we sit down too much we're in like there is challenges around all of that wouldn't you rather build a body that can deal with that in terms of not becoming overweight because that is unhealthy and leads to many many health issues mm-hmm. um and yeah and the, the you're you know when you're strength training you're building a, i mean essentially when you're strength training you build a young build a younger hormone profile when you're doing hit cardio you're building an older one 
it can't um, it can't it can't process in the same way because you're punished you're beating yourself up every day i think like, that's how, leaving... how it definitely felt as well you end up just halfway through the day just getting absolutely knackered i felt and just also wanting to binge eat after that and eat yeah crap. yeah totally yeah so yeah. yeah yeah because you're because you're exhausted you mm. shouldn't fe- leave the gym feeling destroyed it's not conducive to productivity at work it's not conducive conducive to good sleep it's not conducive to eating good food um you're you're beating yourself up it's it's too much and it does work for a brief moment and then you go back the other way and every single time you lose weight through cardio alone and a calorie restricted diet you're beating your metabolism up even more and it gets harder to get there every single time not only because of the uh, the the breakdown in those systems but also because you're getting older and then and that's another thing that's breaking down systems all the time um cardio is not bad but it should make up 20 percent of your physical activity i would say okay um that's why walking's great and what about the rest would you say the rest 80 percent all are like mainly strength i i mean building like a perfect is a perfect plan is difficult but I think prioritize strength training, do an amount of cardio a week. Maybe you do a 20 to 60 minute bike ride run or something to get your heart rate up to have healthy heart and lungs. Do not approach it for fat loss, approach Mm -hmm. it for healthy heart and lungs Mm -hmm. Um, or use it for. Um, And yeah, I mean, depending on where you are, it's however much strength training the minimal amount of strength training that can elicit change. If you do too much, you're going to have high inflammation rates, you're going to be tired, you're going to be blah, 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 blah. So find your lowest amount that causes change and then slowly build from there. And very few people ever get to a place where they need more than three one-hour sessions a week. Wow. Very, very, very few. Um, And you could break that three hours up, you could do half an hour six days a week if you want to build a better routine with going to the gym, you know. Mm -hmm. I think Um, that's really important as well for any listeners out there who may be a little bit nervous about, you know, going into straight, straight into like a strength training routine. I think that's what I found refreshing as well about you, Ivan, is that you made it really accessible for me, for somebody who hadn't ever done that before. And you were like, no, I'm, you're not allowed to do four sessions actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want you to pick three three days out of the week and those are your days and those are what the days you're going to bloody well stick to yeah well i mean the 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 reality is if you're if you're less than three four even five years into you know lifting weights resistance training um if you feel like you could do another day then you're probably not working hard enough when you're in the gym Mm -hmm. so you're better to approach the intensity in the gym than cut into your recovery days because recovery is just as important you need that time to repair and, and rebuild um so yeah if you're if some, it happens all the time people get the bug and go can i do five days a week and it's like cool we'll up your intensity for three days or if you're desperate to do five days a week i'm just going to take those exact same three hours and break them up into five mm-hmm. i'm not you know, i'm not going to add any volume because no. you need to be able to recover from it um, but yeah, people, people get the bug and want to do as much as possible. And that's why things like hit classes sell because they're addictive. Mm-hmm. You go, it's part of your routine. You go to this bougie little spot and get your shake afterwards. And all of this is it's community, which is great. And if it keeps yeah. you going, it's great. And also caveat all of this, if it's doing hit classes or doing nothing, hit classes are better. You mm-hmm. are moving. Mm-hmm. Great. 
great. Um, but you could spend your time a lot more wisely. But yeah, like having that routine and and getting that big old cortisol spike, it's addictive. It's addictive. Mm. And eventually the addictive thing with resistance training focused, you know, focused exercise plan um, or biasing resistance training is the thing that you become addicted to is the improvements in sleep, the improvements in your home life, your relationships, not snapping at your kid, like the improvements in uh, all your general stress levels, waking up, feeling better, making better food choices that elevate all those other things as well. Um, It's the knock-on effect and you suddenly feel like you're in a groove and you're existing happy, well-slept, energized throughout the day, not destroyed all the time. Um, and you know, the majority of people that love their hit classes are probably, if there's, you know, if there's people listening to this that are obsessed with it, they're still hearing that and going, yeah, I feel beat up all day. <laughs> yeah. Like they are. Yeah, yeah um, definitely. And I mean, life is hard enough as it is like social media. We have to compare ourselves constantly with what's going on in the world there. We've got harrowing news constantly, you know, um, and then, you know, works hard enough as it is if you're in a job that you hate. And then before that, you go and beat yourself up at the gym. I mean, Jesus, you know, where does it all stop? Yeah. <laughs> so I think like totally. one of the biggest lessons that I've learned from you is um, to that you can give yourself a little bit of a break and to be kinder with yourself. Um, and you can be kinder through strength, strength training, which I didn't realize was a thing before I met you <laughs> and we started Absolutely. speaking about it. Um, and a lot of our friends now, I mean, you've completely changed a lot of, you know, women in our friendship group who were very much into running, obsessed with running, um, and now who don't even run anymore and who are really amazing in the gym and have got their their routine down, have completely changed their mental health, totally. their, their physical health. Um, it and was great. Lockdown was... Sorry. Yeah, it is. I mean, lockdown was... I, I, in lockdown, I started a free, um, free group bodyweight-only workout thing and invited all my friends to come onto Zoom and I'd talk you through a, you know, a basic full body routine a couple of times a week. And within it, you know, at the end, people would stick around, people would ask questions, people would, you know, and that was kind of the beginning for lots of people. It was a really, it was a nice moment for me, who friends of mine that have looked at me as this kind of, kind of beefcake meathead, I am a meathead, but have looked at me as, the, at this, as this kind of character. And then slowly during these little workout things, feeding them information. Because the things I were doing, they, you know, they were they were not dissimilar from hit classes. It was just a bit of daily movement for people that wouldn't otherwise do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't hit, but, you know. Um, and that fed on, and then people came and started doing actual programming with me, and, and, and I was writing routines for people, and friends, predominantly friends, and their whole perception of what I do completely changed completely changed because once you're in six months a year in you suddenly realize that that's now normal for you and the idea that people were that were in squat racks were weirdos is completely alien Mm. it's like that's just a normal human movement that Mm -hmm. that we should all be engaging in um but yeah totally and the, the the running addicted um you know battling trying to battle their body fat percentage through running which is just a losing game 
mm-hmm. and and not only is it a losing game but then you go into the strength side of things and you just build more body confidence like building strength builds strength and i think that it sounds a bit kind of cuckoo but if you're if you're trying to overcome a certain weight on this or and and you're chasing it for a period of time and you complete that you do it by yourself no one cares no one watched but it's a massive accomplishment and that feeds into like that positivity within yourself to accomplish things on the most basic level and then things like getting injured and getting to the other side of that injury teach you that like practice and perseverance in something you can get to the other side of it and running it's very different. Like, I'd love to love running. I don't. I hate it. But I'd love to run once a week as my cardio um, because of how people talk about it being this, you know, this relaxed state where you're just in your... I get that with strength training. Of course I do. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not the way to get into peak health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Unless, of course, you want to be a professional runner. And then you probably have to. Um, but there's very different. It's a very different thing. Peak performance and peak health. Mm-hmm. You know, professional athletes are in terrible, terrible health. They die young. Mm. They do too much continuously for their entire career, and they die young. That's and you, that's. You'll see all these yeah. runners as well in terms of, I don't know, just injuries, as you say. So like knee injuries, and once you've buggered that, then it's like you know where. Do and you then you stop. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's as simple as that. You then stop running an injury and you pile on weight you stop exercising because of an injury in the gym you can still go and train Mm. you just can't train with that elbow and not only that you've built this body that is designed to stay the way it is not crumble um in layman's terms yeah um so i wanted to go on to speak about so um we've spoken when we were kind of in in training together about you know my cycle specifically and how I can train around it um yeah. so for instance today I'm day one of my new cycle um I have forced myself to just go and do a light swim today so that felt really relaxing we've got some really small weights here and when I say small they are literally tiny but you yeah. know, just that felt good um and that felt intuitively right for me at this point in my cycle um yeah. but for anyone out there who maybe has you know quite extreme hormonal issues in terms of maybe endometriosis so a lot of pain before and during the cycle um maybe they have a normal cycle but they just feel a little bit you know i guess lethargic and lazier (laughs) when they're bleeding or pre-period i think there's i think there's two 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 kind of things to really distinguish here so if, if i'm with a client I don't care where they are in their cycle. Mm-hmm. I do not care. What I care about is how they feel that day. Yeah. They come to me, we're going to work out how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Because yes, understanding the science of it is good, but I think in not I think in my experience you get a lot of people that learn a bit about it and obsess over that rather than listening to their body. Mm. And yes, it's important. And, you know, it's it's good to go, okay, this is why this, and excuse yourself to a degree. But don't train based on your cycle, train based on how you feel. Mm-hmm. And then if you're training, you know, if you if you get into the gym and you're you're in your menstruation phase and your estrogen and progesterone are really low and you're bloated, you're getting cramps, you know, you're iron deficient, whatever it might be, 
you get in and you're wearing your big baggy hoodie because you feel gross and you're whatever it might be just do some mobility do some really light cardio practice lifts mm-hmm. put a quarter of the weight on the bar and just practice form and technique um but the reality is don't go i'm in this phase mm. i'm not going to train today yeah but don't go i'm in this phase i'm going to keep it light listen to yourself feel your body now people that have a textbook like clockwork cycle where they always feel crap followed by feeling a bit better follicular even better ovulation then start feeling really crap in that transition again if that is clockwork then yeah start start looking to do it in a new way how you program you know i program typically the 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 skeleton of any program you're doing a phase of let's say heavy lifting you're doing a phase of hypertrophy you're doing a phase of endurance and they're four week phases that's a 12 week and you know then you're going to go into working on mobility getting more squat depth getting better at this 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 if your cycle's really kind of predictable and you know that you're going to have these highs and lows then you can kind of blend all of those into a month rather than 12 weeks so you go okay for for you know the first phase I am going to go in, I'm going to practice technique. I'm going to work on my mobility. I'm going to do a yoga class once or, you know, once or twice in that week. Um, and that's great. And then I, I'll start feeling better. You know, my testosterone is going to start picking up. Um, I'm going to start having more energy because of Eastern levels. Then, you know, you go into pushing those numbers a little bit, doing hypertrophy, you know, three sets of 10, you know, playing with that not a crazy intensity and then when you come into that phase where you can go for it Mm. go for it every month go for it go 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 and you know you get professional i don't know power lifters or strength athletes of any description um they don't have that freedom right they're going to the olympics or they're going to a powerlifting meet they don't have that freedom Mm. so they quite often have to play this game and they're going to book in, they're going to look, a powerlifter is a really good example. They're going to scan around. I'm training a female powerlifter at the moment. Wow. And we're scouting out a competition so that they can get an official score that falls in the right time. Wow. So that they can peak for that. Mm-hmm. And and that's what a lot of people do. But a lot of people don't have that freedom. And, and they have to train like this. Uh, so their technique work. When you're feeling crappy, technique, 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 mobility, yoga, low impact. And then when you're ovulating, you can do that high impact stuff. If you want to, mm. if you love doing one hit class a week, that's when you get to do it. You do a little phase of hit. You do three, four days of like loads of bouncy stuff, mm. hammering your joints when mm. you can. Um, but I think overall of it, like studies and advice given out can sometimes hinder your perception of yourself. Think about this not what you're reading i think mm. and i think I, I really think that's i really think that's an important thing for anyone to take for even people that have pretty clockwork just learn how to evaluate your strength levels um there's there's a couple of ways you can actually do that literally um i can't remember what they're called it's like a dyno dynorum dynameter something it's a grip test okay. it's how strong is your grip so you know you wake up in the morning and you try and like grab hold of someone that you're the, like completely pathetic you know that feeling when yeah, you're, yeah. as soon as you wake up and you try and grab someone it's just like eh. <laughs> um 
that is an incredible test of how you slept, how you ate the day before, how you hydrated the day before. You do that every morning, do a grip mm. test. You'll know whether you've got energy to lift heavy stuff today. Mm. You will know. Um, you could also do that by hanging off a bar. How long could, how long could you hang off of the, bar, the bar today compared to... Um, so little things like that, if you want to do actual testing, um, that's maybe a bit a bit too much for for the gen pop but that's what that's what you know strength athletes will do they'll, they'll wake up they'll test their strength in some way and that'll be a pretty good indicator along with how they feel mm-hmm. um but in terms of in terms of me with clients it's conversation it's they turn up how are you feeling i don't care what's like what phase you're in how are you feeling how did you sleep how are your stress levels are you you know how's your brain fog how's your anxiety how are you, are you snappy at the moment you know all of those things that people talk about in terms of phases, PMS, you know, um, voice those to me, but don't think about them in terms of your cycle because that can distract from when you actually could do good work. Yeah, uh, I agree. So reading your body, just reading your body, not the science. Mm-hmm. Understand and acknowledge the science, but your body's better than any studies they've done on other people because your body's your body. I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about Cytoplan a unique science-based supplement company with many years of experience in nutritional science and whose emphasis is on quality of product. My medical herbalist swears by them as they don't use any unnecessary bulking agents. Before I found out about Cytoplan, I was taking up to eight supplements a day, all with bulking agents in them. It was such a relief to find out Cytoplan products are extremely pure. I now use them daily and I would recommend them to anyone looking for quality vitamins and supplements. They have a great range for many different health benefits. So if you'd like to find out more, please follow the link in the bio of this episode and check out Cytoplan. You won't regret it. It comes down to, and I keep coming back to this when I'm thinking about myself recently, but connection just having that connection with your own body and as you say yes you know you may be going through the latter part of your cycle the luteal phase and it may feel like a real sometimes the way I would describe it when I was doing some training with you in my luteal phase it kind of felt as though I was like on sticky tar do you know what I mean it's like everything had a lag to it and I was just like yeah this is hard and you can and you can totally see why Mm. um uh, uh, and you know in a being you know generalizing why a lot of women get stuck in yoga or get yeah. stuck in that type of exercise that's low impact pilates very low impact you don't get as much of that sticky feeling so you're not going to beat up your joints and it's not fatiguing in the same way um and but that i you know don't uh, my a word of advice is don't get stuck doing what feels good at the worst time of the month for the whole month Mm. um challenge yourself to break out of that as soon as you feel better and really you know ask yourself whether you're doing yoga because you love yoga or you're doing yoga because you feel too beat up to do strength training and the chances are there are two and a half weeks where you could go and move well Mm. um actually i'm probably in that stage at the moment where I have kind of gone on a yoga binge and that was mainly I was going to speak to you about inflammation and that's something that I'm trying to kind of alleviate in my body at the moment is inflammation and I know we kind of broached the subject um, in a small amount where 
you know, I'm, I'm almost too scared to go really hard at the moment. And you should be because, yeah, because right. the whole point of lifting a weight is to break down muscle fiber to cause inflammation to then repair it stronger. Mm. Sending a signal to your body to say, you need to be better at this, breaking down the fibers and then repairing them. So that is going to increase inflammation. There's a lot of talk. It's kind of, there's, a, there's misconceptions around inflammation in terms of exercise. People are getting very obsessed with ice baths for great reasons. I love an ice bath. It's great for recovery, but it's not good for muscle growth. So straight after a strength session, going and getting in an ice bath to reduce inflammation is going to stop those adaptations from happening. Mm. because you need that inflammation to create change. You need those fibers to break down. Now, if you were a skill, if you were learning a skill, you know, let's say you're someone that's trying to do handstands, trying to do, you know, skill movements, gymnastic things, and the strength isn't the issue, it's the skill that's the issue. Ice bath afterwards is fine, because you're not trying to build the muscle to do that thing. You're just practicing the skill. You're getting inflamed. That's cool. Let's break that inflammation down. You don't need the inflammation to neurologically get better at sending that signal to your body mm -hmm. um so inflammation if you're trying to get stronger is vital so i would say for you during this time when you're trying not to have inflammation is don't push don't up the intensity of strength think of this as you know being in the luteal phase for a while where you do yoga you practice your squat deadlift bench press bent over rows and get really good at the technique without exceeding your current ability so that you're not causing more inflammation in your body. And mm -hmm. um, that would be my advice there. But, you know, ice baths, bringing them up for inflammation, that's one way to use them. People use them for cortisol spikes and, and dealing with stress environments, and they're, they're beneficial in many ways. But if you're trying to get strong, they, they're not good. Use them on your rest days, but, um, yeah, they slow down hypertrophy. Um, so, yeah, I... Um, I think in terms of, you know, cycles and your, what you're doing at the moment, I think, again, it's listen to your body. If you're, if you're, if you're fighting something and you need your inflammation to be low, then do all you can and don't go and beat your muscles up. It's not the time for you to do it, mm -hmm. but put in some groundwork for when you can again and practice yeah. the skill of lifting because lifting yeah. is a skill, yeah. but you know, you're not doing it for growth. You're doing it for the future when you go back to it and push your numbers again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm really looking forward to that. And I mean, even just would you suggest, I guess, anyone else out there listening who might have some condition which is linked to inflammation, who might be going through something similar, um, would you suggest, you know, just maybe even doing practicing um, just with the bar only, no weights, keep it at that for well, a bit? I think, yeah. I mean, depending on where you're at, you know, there are people out yeah. there that can't lift the bar and that's mm -hmm. challenging for them. So I think... Yeah. You know, where ordinarily I would tell people to do resistance training to an eight, nine out of ten effort level. Yeah. Um, keep it more like a four, five, six, mm -hmm. you know, um, because destroying yourself is going to increase your inflammation. Hit classes are going to really increase your inflammation. <laughs> I'm All saying that clear away from those. Like that's, yeah. that's the last of where I'm going to be at right now. Sounds <laughs> like right now is a really good time for you to do mm -hmm. low volume yoga, Pilates, technique work, um, that kind of stuff. And, mm -hmm. and move, move yeah. plenty. Just don't push, your, don't push yourself. Mm -hmm. Again, it's all listen to your body. If you feel like you're pushing yourself, then that, 
the likelihood is you're going to be causing some inflammation. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah. great. Well, thank you for that. Um, so I was going to speak about, um, so we kind of touched on it a little bit, but with your, I guess, ADHD, you now say, you know, you are, it's a, it's a big topic right now. I feel as though it's kind of, lots more people are, are getting diagnosis of it. You have very much had ADHD since a young child. So it's been very much part of your life. Um, yeah. And, you know, having, having the gym for you, you know, was there a point, do you feel basically from you finding the gym and you finding strength training, do you think that gave you the ability to come off your ADHD medication? Uh, I came off med- medication a little while before that. So I was medicated from, I'm guessing here. Um, um, I think that's a whole nother conversation of blanking memories through trauma. I, I <laughs> was medicated, I think from about five okay till about 12 okay that's a guess maybe 13 maybe 14 I really I can't remember um um but in terms of ADHD relating to exercise there's it's definitely it's definitely made improvements I don't think they are I don't think they're big kind of groundbreaking things I think they're simply routine is really healthy for Mm -hmm. ADHD people dopamine is good and resistance training can can help with that and adhd essentially something so many people don't know adhd is basically a lack of dopamine Mm -hmm. that's basically what it is serious lack in dopamine which is why they give you amphetamines as medication i took ritalin it's Mm. basically speed um and that's why so many adhd people get into dopamine enhancing drugs um, be that nicotine, which increases dopamine, or amphetamines or coke, you know, drugs that increase dopamine. It's really common for ADHD people to become very into those things. Um, and I did, you know, I, I got into smoking at a really young age, and I didn't realize till later in life that that was a form of self medicating. Um, and, you know, until I stopped, I didn't realize, um, and I lost all focus. Um, but routine is really valuable. Um, dopamine minimally i don't think it's it's massive amounts that's gonna transform transform my you know my chemical balance but i think that's part of it and then the biggest thing is energy release mm-hmm. like i get up in the morning i go and expend some of that what feels like excess energy and then i can focus a hell of a lot better i try and work in the morning and i start working immediately on 32 different tasks Wow. not getting anywhere with any of them mm-hmm. and then realize I've been staring at a wall for 15 minutes you know it's and then I go to the gym and I come back and I can slightly better just focus on nine tasks at once instead mm. um, <laughs> uh, so so I think yeah I think routine and energy release are the biggest I don't think it's anything bigger than that for me mm-hmm. um, but also like I spoke about earlier a sense of kind of control like the strength thing again so I realized I can go in and I can focus for an hour and a half in the gym. I Before that, the longest I ever focused was probably playing a gig on stage for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I think the longest I can ever focus on anything is about five minutes. So the fact that I can go into the gym and really focus for 90 minutes, or I can do this because I'm passionate about it and talk about it for as long as I you know, ramble and get lost mm-hmm. within my own ramblings. Um, I think that taught me a lot. 
that I can focus on things that I enjoy. And I think that's probably why I went and did the PT course is that Mm -hmm. I realized I could go into the gym and have tunnel vision and get my work done. Um, So I think, yeah, there are benefits. I don't know how scientific any of them are. I think they're more, I think there's probably lots of similar anecdotal um, responses to that question from other people with ADHD. Of course, um, it's so personal. I, yeah, exactly. And I don't know what I, you know, I, I, my, my level of knowledge on the science of why those things be, you know, like releasing energy because ADHD isn't necessarily more energy. It's just being all over the place. Mm-hmm. But it feels like you drain the battery a little bit. You can do more. Mm-hmm. Um, you can focus and also, more. I yeah. think it's really important as well what you said there because I've spoken to now three. You're the, the third. ADHD male that I've spoken to on on this um, podcast actually and it's funny because each one of you have kind of found that thing that you love and it was my brother who has his free diving and diving which is his thing which he can talk about forever yours is yeah. your personal training uh, and there was another another amazing guy um Ellie based in Las Vegas who's a therapist and his yeah I, listen, his yeah, I heard that one yeah. Yeah, yeah and yeah. so it, it's interesting that each of you have found that thing that inspires you and can help you to focus so i guess and i you think know... i think the, the 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 reality is that we are by far the minority of people with especially people with early diagnosis adhd i think if you were diagnosed as a little kid um and you're an adult now the chances that you found that thing i think are pretty slim um because yeah i think i think it's great that stories like mine like your brothers like ellie's exist but i do think they're a minority and i think i mean that's probably another conversation but you know the the massive i really hope that the massive increase in diagnosis is going to result in more um rather than just more diagnosis i hope it's going to result in more uh subsidizing for for kind of finding people finding ways for people that have their one thing they can focus on to actually mm-hmm. make money off it mm-hmm. um absolutely yeah. support support in the schooling system um you know totally. it's, it's just i can i think for a lot of you know i mean i for myself i have always struggled with concentration and have you know my brother and he's kind of said to me, oh, you should look into maybe getting diagnosis. And I've spoken with one of our friends who's also a girl about it because she's kind of felt she had the characteristics too. Um, But I think it's quite interesting how different women and men materialize with those symptoms as well. And not necessarily symptoms, but um, characteristics and and how that kind of plays out in adulthood. And I don't know, like, I don't know if I want the diagnosis. I don't know if I need the diagnosis. I kind of know that I have my quirks. I think oh, it can yeah. only be it can only be useful um to know i yeah I've gone through waves i think primarily due to different different ways of being with age, so when I was young, I was angry at the idea of being diagnosed mm. I'm just me, I'm just a hyper person i'm just a i like the things I like um which sounds like a cop-out, you know, I can't focus on things I don't like. It's like, no, I really, really can't focus on things yeah. I don't like. Um, and then I think you get to your teens and you go, okay, it's kind of cool that I got that diagnosis. I ended up, I went to a special school. I got kicked out of my first school wow. for being hyperactive. Um, went to a school that was, you know, primarily for kids that were either kicked out from school of school or 
with learning difficulties of some description. Um, so in my in my early teens, I was you know glad I got the diagnosis because now I was in a classroom with. I think I had like nine kids in my class compared wow. to 45 in my first school. Um, and you got that focused, you got that attention. And I'm, you know, I'm really fortunate. My grandma paid for me to go to that school. Um, but, you know, most people aren't. And then I got older and I kind of stopped caring. And then suddenly this massive increase in diagnosis has become the forefront of, of, of a lot of stuff now. Um, wow. You hear about it all the time. And I'd stopped caring or acknowledging or reading on the modern science. But now there is going to be a hell of a lot more science around it. Mm-hmm. Loads more research. Um, so it's great. You know, if you've, if you've felt a certain way and you then get a diagnosis and you can read up on tools to help with that, the tools to help with that are going to be different to tools that help people without it that struggle with focus, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the I always lose my keys kind of ADHD and I'm not belittling that but there's very mild ADHD mm-hmm. um, their coping tools are going to be very 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 different and we're going to get we're going to get some sort of scale at some point and start to you know um, yeah I'm kind of rambling but um, no 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 ADHD, that was I think it was really ADHD important. can yeah it can be you get you know people are talking about it as lots of people are getting diagnosed uh, later in life talking about it as superpower as a superpower most people my age will say it's definitely not a kin superpower mm-hmm. it's hell on earth and it's debilitating um mm. so i think there's there's definitely different different levels and if you can turn it into a superpower more you know yeah big up um big up okay yeah. so um thank you by the way for sharing a really That's kind why. of personal experience with ADHD because there was stuff there that I hadn't known about you so thank you for sharing that with us um so I guess we're reaching towards the end of the conversation today and you know I usually finish up by thinking out about the people out there who are either stuck in some way so I think relating to the work that you do um you know what advice would you give for anybody out there who is feeling really stuck, but they're really stuck in a health rut and they want to make a change, but they just don't know where to start. What would be your best advice for those people? Uh, two, two things to kind of attack. I think have a conversation with someone, be that a friend that you deem to have. Can I swear? I don't know if I can swear. Of course you can. Uh, a friend that has their shit together. Um, <laughs> be that a friend that has their shit together or someone that is clued up you know myself although I'm exercise primarily I know about food I know about sleep because it all comes under the same umbrella either pay or don't pay friend professional and have a conversation just talking about areas that you feel are issues out loud can be really beneficial um and I think getting the like the fundamentals in order like the six most important that I will always say sleep food water exercise stress relationships and relationships just doesn't just mean your partner, your relationships as a whole. If you can work on those and, and, and think of those as different, you know, each being parts of the puzzle um, and get those pillars in order um, or just start making little changes to those pillars, um, your health will massively improve. You know, if you're not exercising, go out for a 15 minute walk after each meal. Suddenly you're doing 45 minutes exercise every day. 
mm-hmm. you're doing well don't know the maths but a few hours of movement every day right in a week and it's just 15 minutes after you eat the air the sunlight are all going to do you wonders right if your sleep's struggling i'm not going to tell you to have all electronics off by 6 p.m um you know get sunlight in your eyes first thing in the day it's we live in a world where that's not that stuff's not possible so just turn those screws a little bit um and life changes changes a lot for small small shifts um but the reality is you know I, you know food i could say don't eat any processed food that is the optimal way to live but like i spoke about earlier we're trying to build i'm trying to build a body that can deal with that stuff um and i will 80 to 90 percent of my diet will be whole foods and i still enjoy eating some crap from time to time so just dialing a little bit and starting to you know think about the areas of those six pillars for me that are suffering and make very small changes nothing drastic same with exercise like i said do the smallest amount of work that can make the biggest change Mm -hmm. um it's it's start from the bottom and work up don't start from the top and fall you know so many people go i need to lose weight and go to the gym seven times a week stop eating anything bad and as soon as you know as soon as one of the wheels fall off they sacrifice everything else like and and actually just make a change three weeks later make a new one you know the three weeks to build a habit make one little change three weeks later make one more it's incremental it's subtle it's small the best results i have with clients are when i manage to convince them not that they don't need to do everything all at once i won't have a conversation with a client about food until at least a month in at least a month in because they're already making this mad change of suddenly doing three workouts a week in a gym there's no point in trying to do it all at once. Life's pretty long. Mm, Life's pretty yeah. long. Yeah, exactly. And I think, honestly, even me listening to you there, and I hope, audience, you feel the same, but it almost feels like I can take a bit of a breather when I listen to you talking about health and fitness because it's like, it's not this, and I think I've mentioned this on a few episodes, it can get really quite heavy trying to be like toxic clean girl all the time. And, you know, in terms of you have to be perfect all the time, you can't have a drink with friends or, and actually that becomes more detrimental to, totally. you know, and we've had this. There was, a, there was a great study on that. There was a great study on that. I can't remember who did it. Um, I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, they did this case study. I think they took like 100 I think it was only 100 people, so it's not, you know, don't take this for red. Um, But they studied biomarkers um, of a group of people that never went out and never drank and a group of people that went out on a Friday and had, like, three drinks and socialised with all their friends. Mm. And all the biomarkers point towards going out and socialising and having a couple of drinks. Wow. Um, Socialising is incredibly important for our health, massively underrated. Again, I don't know beyond, beyond that that I heard about and read the other day which was great and i don't know how how true it is but i believe i believe that um avoiding the and we've had this conversation about Mm -hmm. kind of avoiding avoiding certain social situations because you don't want to drink or or whatever it might be there is definitely definitely a health benefit from socializing and that's what i talk about in the pillars it's like relationships have Mm -hmm. they are super super important um and you know, and a, a rela- having relationships, having friends, if that means on a Friday night you go and have a few drinks, you eat kind of badly, and you don't train the next morning, so be it. It's one day a week. Mm-hmm. It's one day. I'm not saying go and get absolutely uni drunk, but but um, 
go and enjoy nice food that's bad for you from time to time. Go and have mm-hmm. a drink, you know. Um, and there's ways of doing it. There's ways of doing it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the reality. Is that that um, what you were saying about you can kind of stop pushing yourself so much. Mm-hmm. There are times to push yourself. I think yeah. that's the thing to to remember and all these ideals that are built on social media of people telling us their morning routines or what they eat in a day or their crazy workout structures that aren't sustainable and these people that get fiber lean for a photo shoot and make out like they look like that all year round which mm-hmm. they don't mm-hmm. um and and all of this it, it it pulls you into a very skewed perception of what is normal Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not going to try and sell myself as, you know, I could take my top off, oil up and tell you this is how I live my life. But the reality is I'll go and eat two pizzas in one sitting on a Friday <laughs> night. Um, and, 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 you know, because, because 80, 90% I have of the time I'm, I'm dialed in. Mm-hmm. And so those things aren't detrimental. And I think, yeah, as far as the exercise portion of all of that, it's, do do the smallest amount possible to make the biggest change mm-hmm. you know and over time that amount is going to go up and up and up of course um but don't start at the top and then fall off and 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 be defeated by it you know mm-hmm. if you can only go to the gym once a week and do five squats and then leave cool yeah cool it's something do that and build on it mm-hmm. and build on it exactly and the reality is you'll start feeling and seeing the benefits and that is the thing that will get you hooked the thing that gets you hooked isn't is not any motivational video you watch on YouTube. It's not someone else's routines. It's oh that felt good, mm. or oh I see I'm making better choices now. It's like when you're a kid, you make food choices based on flavour alone, right? You want to eat the thing that tastes nice. As you get older, suddenly without realising it, you're choosing foods for the taste and what they do for you. Because mm. otherwise, you just carry on eating what's it's and and. Capri Sun for the rest of your life. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> like, but you start making choices differently. And I think that's, yeah. you know, a lot of people say they don't have time to exercise. Like, that's a constant thing. It's like, you do, mm-hmm. but you're filling your time with other things. Mm-hmm. And that's fine if that's what you want to do. But you're not going to improve your physical health by doing that. Mm-hmm. The amount of people say, oh, I don't have time to work out. And it's, that are always talking about the latest TV series. It's like, I think you might. <laughs> But you value time sitting with your partner, yeah. having dinner, watching telly. Cool. Mm-hmm. So that's not the thing we sacrifice. We sacrifice this. And I think it's it's find find the find the barriers, break them down, and do a little bit and see how you get on. Because I guarantee you, as soon as you get the bug, you'll replace anything to mm-hmm. find gym time. Mm-hmm. You just will. Absolutely. Um, and and so many people go too far the other way. Anyway, as I said, I can really keep talking forever so cut just hang up at some point (laughs) no 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 um so um i am going to put all your socials and website in the show notes of this anyway um but for anyone listening who you know i have listeners who are kind of dialed in from all over the world um if they did you know they resonated with the conversation our conversation today and they specifically want to work with you can you work remotely with them what 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 does that look like um, I have two ways, well, I have three ways of working. One is in person that I do less of now because I want to reach more people, quite mm-hmm. simply. Yeah. Um, I, and then I have two kind of tiers of online stuff, um, again, or three. So you could Zoom, I do Zoom stuff. I don't 
I don't think it's worth it for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have two tiers of programming. One is I build you a program based on a conversation and we catch up once a month and talk through everything. I'll watch some videos while on the phone to you if you've recorded them of yourself and we'll talk through form. That's the kind of basic. And that was that was birthed through me desperately trying to find a cheaper way to deliver personalized programming. Mm. Um, because, you know, the time you put into something truly personal is a lot. And, you know, if you're going to make something like this into a business and actually be a half decent person, you have you can't can't charge 20 quid for a month programming that there are so many people doing. You think you're getting personalized programming for 20 quid? You're not. Mm. Um, so that's that's the kind of entry level. Um, and we have a conversation once a month, figure out what your next program is going to be, how we periodize planning ahead for 12 weeks, for 24 weeks. And then the other is constant comms. So with this, you're getting your programming, but you are attaching videos to every single thing. So I send you a video how to do each movement and it's in an app. You see all your workouts. Um, We check in on uh, movement patterns every session, every week. We have a call every week. I am feeding back to all your videos, checking in on form, progressively overloading. And it's, I mean, everything we're talking about food, we're talking about sleeping habits, we're talking about supplementation, should it need, need to happen. Um, that's full personal training, but entirely remote. You go to the gym in your own time, film movements that I ask you to film, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we check in like that. And it's been a really amazing thing, lockdown forcing me to find a way to work remotely. I was so against it for so long. Um, and now I'm in a position where I've got 10 times the clients wow. doing great work. Mm-hmm. And not only is that great for me, because I'm making more money, mm-hmm. but these people are paying a fraction of the price than you would to see me three times a week Mm -hmm. in person Mm -hmm. and they're getting just as good results and I never thought it would be possible um but I've found a way to to really dedicate to people and be as personal as I've always wanted to be and been with in-person clients with people I've never met you know Mm. um and it's great it's just it's great to be able to give that service to more people Mm-hmm. and um, not only because there's so much nonsense around but also because you know I want to have a family and and make enough money to do that do you know what I mean yeah, yeah. Um, and I have to I, say also I want to say from PTing a personal... is the worst way to make money sorry PT being a PT is yeah. the worst way to make money all PTs quit after two years mm-hmm. they all quit after two years like seeing a PT that has 10 years experience is so rare yeah and I didn't really realize that till having conversations with other people because I ha- I'm not in the Instagram cliques I'm not in you know um yeah you quit because it's really really difficult to make money and then you kind of have to figure out your way of doing it and the majority of people that's low price high customer mm-hmm. um whereas I've managed to build this kind of in-between thing um which is great which is great because there's only so many hours in the day I and that's what I was I was going to mention um Because when we first started training, you were in London, I was based in Suffolk, and I didn't quite know how it was going to work. I was like, you know, is it going to feel like actually having a PT? You know, is it going to be as good? But I have to kind of vouch for that experience because I found it really, really personal. Um, The videos are actually, weirdly at first, felt really uncomfortable about shooting them, but then got quite into them. Yeah, the the barriers with it. The barriers with it are you still have to go into the gym for the first time by yourself. Yeah. You don't have a PT kind of holding your hand. 
that yeah. is something that's a barrier you have to be able to cross mm-hmm. um and my advice there is sign up to the dodgiest looking gym you can find because typically the nicest people are the enormous strong men with a mohawk and are like six foot wide spit and sawdust gyms have nice people in them they don't have gym shark wearing posers in them um and i really mean that you go in as a you know five foot four skinny little thing and some monster is going to come up to you and help you i promise Mm -hmm. and not be pervy and not be like all these things that that quite rightly a lot of women fear about going into the gym you know guys have fears but different kinds of fears typically um you go into like a proper spit and sawdust strongman bodybuilder gym people want to help because they've been on the journey for so long Mm -hmm. um and typically come from a place of feeling inadequate hence wanting to put on 50 kilos of muscle Mm -hmm. um and they they're they're just yeah you know you're you know, Virgin Active, David Lloyd, you get the kind of Instagram generation people there. In those gyms, you don't. So that makes that step easy. And then the second step that's difficult with how I give training is filming yourself and filming yourself and not caring that you might look like you're trying to be an influencer. Um, and yeah, and, and once you've done it a couple of times, you become quite relaxed about it because no one really cares. People yeah. are in the gym yeah. focusing on their workout for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's also yeah a really important message is most people in the gym are just focused on doing their workout and going home so if you are feeling a little bit vulnerable and a little bit outside of your comfort zone just do it a couple of times and it might feel uncomfortable at first but you will start to develop get a mate yeah first couple of times get a mate and go with a friend Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you'll see that that they're not scary places full of awful people for the most part and if on your first two experiences, it does feel like that. Find a new gym because there yeah. are some awful gyms that have really poisonous environments. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I say, the the dodgier, beat up machines, kind of like a dog walking around kind of gyms, they're full of great people. They're full of people <laughs> that do it because it makes them stronger, not yeah. look yeah. better. Yeah, mental strength, not appearance. And mm-hmm. you ask anyone that's been training for over five, ten years why they train none of them will say for appearance none Mm -hmm. they will all say because how it makes them feel focus family life relationships sleep and they won't say because i want to look better they've been doing it 10 years why do they keep going they're already there you know in in the general population's eyes they're already they've they're 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 their best self physically speaking Mm -hmm. because it keeps you mentally sound um i mean yeah and you know getting older you're not going to have poor bone density and messed up hormones and yeah exactly do lift weights it's great (laughs) (laughs) um well what i'll do is i'll make sure to put all of the info uh in the show notes so anyone who's listening if you've resonated with this conversation and you want to reach out to ivan please do because he is an absolutely amazing incredible pt who genuinely cares about um you as a person and about you feeling your ultimate healthy and best self um so thank you so much ivan for coming on the show today it's been really insightful even as your friend i've learned so much more about you as a person and about your profession specifically um so thank you thank you thank you absolute pleasure bless you um and uh yeah i will um I will speak to you soon. It's speak to you soon. Bye. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.
absolutely loved speaking with Ivan today. Whilst I'm all about alternative health methods, Ivan speaks a lot of sense in regards to getting the basic pillars of health in check. If we aren't looking at exercise as part of these pillars, then I think it's time we do. I myself have been guilty of comparing my own health journey with others that I see online, but something I learned from Ivan is we are all truly unique and need to be setting realistic goals for ourselves that aren't based on someone else's success story. Ivan has personally opened my eyes to the concept that I no longer need to punish my body with intensive hit classes to see any kind of results. Through progressive strength training, I've learned I can build a younger hormone profile, whereas with HIT, it's actually building an older one. I found speaking with Ivan today so enlightening, and I'm looking forward to working with him again in the future on my own fitness journey. If you'd like to find out more on Ivan's work, you can find him at Instagram is at ivan.jones.pt and TikTok is at Ivan underscore Jones underscore PT. And his website is www.evanjonespersonaltrainer.com. As always, you can keep up with what I'm up to at Moody Girl Official. You've been listening to the Moody Girl Podcast. Until next time.